Today we're continuing our series entitled, Unqualified. And as I was preparing this message, I began to reflect on the word unqualified. And I suspect that many of us, we feel like we're unqualified for the assignment that we're in or even the next assignment that we're facing. If you find yourself in a place where you feel like you're unqualified, can I encourage you today? Don't throw in the towel, don't quit, don't downgrade your dreams, step into what God has for you. Often what happens when we feel like we're unqualified is that we disqualify ourselves. We feel like we don't know enough, we don't have enough, we're not smart enough. I wanna encourage you today, it doesn't matter what we have or we don't have, because even if we're not able, God is able. In fact, I wanna challenge you to say it with me. God is able. God is able to provide what you lack. He always steps in and provides for what you need for the assignment that is ahead of you. I was thinking, you may think you're unqualified, but what if God sees something that you don't? Imagine for a moment if you were able to see yourself through God's eyes. God knows exactly what he put within you, the gifts and the talents and the skills that he wants to awaken through the Holy Spirit to accomplish his purpose. And church, often we say, I don't have enough. Well, we fail to realize that God is right beside us saying, but I do, I have enough for you. I have enough provision, I have enough strength, I have enough for what is ahead of you. Imagine for a moment what God could do through us if we really truly believe that we were being led by him and that he was there to strengthen us. Sometimes what happens when we feel unqualified is we feel like God's holding out on us. We're waiting for the next season and we feel like God, he's holding back. I wanna suggest to you that if you feel like God is holding back, he's not holding out on you, he's actually trying to hold you close. Often, whenever God pushes the pause button before you step into the next assignment, it's because he wants you to get close. It's about proximity to his presence. I was sensing in my heart, God say, come close to me, get close to me. You're gonna need my presence more than ever as you step into the next assignment. You're gonna need me to lead you. And if you're willing to do that, I'll provide everything that you need. He's inviting us to step in and to step up. And I wanna speak prophetically to this church and to those of you who are online. I sense in my heart, God say, it's your turn. In fact, I want you to say it, it's my turn. It's my turn, it's your turn, church. God is about to tap you on the shoulder and say, it's your turn. Now your opportunity may not come today or tomorrow or next month or maybe even to the start of the new year. But often, if we're willing to set our hearts on God's agenda, he'll shift things spiritually before we see them made manifest in the natural. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? He said, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is already established in heaven. There's things established in heaven for you, church, for you, sir or ma'am. There's things that God has already established for you, and he's saying, it's your turn. It's coming. Prepare your hearts. But he's saying, if you'll let me lead, me, if you'll let me lead you, I want to lead you into my purpose. You've tried it your own way, but try it my way. If you're willing to try it my way, you'll discover that I'll lead you exactly where you need to be. You'll be at the right place at the right time, and you'll step into what I have for you. Now, today I want to tell you a story of a, of a man who very quickly found out it was his turn. He wasn't expecting it, but God stepped and interjected into his life and said, hey, it's your turn. 
So I want to invite you to join me in 1 Samuel 16. We're going to look at the story of David. We're going to look at how David went from being a shepherd to being anointed king. Before we get into the text, let me offer you a little bit of context about what's happening in this season in the nation of Israel. At this time, the nation of Israel had been grumbling to God, saying, God, we want a king. Just like all the other nations around us, we want to have a king. And God says, okay, you don't think that I'm enough? So I'm going to give you a king. So God gave them King Saul. Now, King Saul started out right, and then he went wrong. He became arrogant. He became prideful. I want to caution us. Pride will destroy the platform that God has created for you. Pride will destroy the platform that God has created for you. We need to make sure to push away pride and stay humble, stay close to him, so we don't destroy what God has put before us. Because of that pride, God rejects Saul. And then he begins to look around the nation of Israel, looking for a man who is willing to follow God. And he sees a young man, David. So he speaks to, to Samuel, the prophet of God, and says, I want you to go anoint the one that I indicate. So I invite you to join me in 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 and 3. Open up your Bible, your Bible app, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. So the Lord said to Samuel, fill your horn with oil. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Could it be possible that God wants to anoint you for a brand new assignment? I'm going to challenge you. Get your heart ready. Say, God, I'm open to whatever you have for me. I'm willing to be anointed. I'm willing to step in. I'm willing to follow your lead. I'm willing to step up. I'm willing to do whatever you call me to do. It doesn't matter if I'm unqualified because you're qualified. And guess what? That's all that matters. If he's qualified, you're qualified. If he's qualified, you're qualified. If God is qualified, you are qualified. We need to take hold of that today, church. So here are a couple ways here are a couple steps that we can take to be ready for God's next assignment. Number one, align your heart with God's heart. Someone once said that everything starts with the heart. The Bible says that out of the abundance, the heart speaks. Whatever we decide in our heart is what we live out. Whatever we decide in our heart gets made manifest in our mindset, in our thoughts, and in our hands, and what we do. We need to align our heart with God's heart. This is exactly what David does. He aligns his heart with God's heart. So let me jump back into the story as I'm, I'm going to be unpacking the story as we go along. So Samuel gets up from his home. He goes, he travels to the house of Jesse, and he says, Jesse, the Lord has given me a message that one of your sons is intended to be the next king of Israel. He tells him, gather your sons together, and I'm going to anoint the one that God indicates. So what does Jesse do? He gathers his sons together that were there in the home and he presents them before, Saul, before Samuel. And then God begins to reveal his will to Samuel. So Samuel, he steps up. He's about to anoint Eliab, who is the oldest son, who would be the prototypical one that God would select. And look at what God says to Samuel. In verse six and seven, when Samuel saw Eliab, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Aren't you glad that God looks at the heart? God looks at the heart. It doesn't matter what you look like. What matters is what's in our heart. We need to align our heart with God. And this is exactly 
what David does. But Samuel didn't know it because he had a misconception about what a king should look like. He had seen the king that God had selected for the nation of Israel, Saul, and he was looking for someone just like Saul. In fact, I want to contrast Saul and David for you. Saul was tall, but David was short. Saul was proud, but David was humble. Saul was a spiritual wimp, but David was a spiritual giant. Saul acted like a king, but David acted like the king. Saul was who the people wanted, but David was who God needed. I want to suggest to you that you are the person that God needs for the next assignment that he's put before you. You are God's first choice. He is the one that selected you, and he wants to say to you, I see something in you that you don't yet see in yourself. For you see, God sees what people overlook. Aren't you glad that God sees what, we, what other people overlook? This is exactly what happens to David. Jesse, what you notice in this passage is Jesse ignores his son. He says, I don't know. I don't know who my son is. I don't know who he needs to be. What I've discovered is that God wants to move us into what he has for us. I was wondering, I was wondering, what was it that God saw in David's heart? What was it? I want to share with you what I see in Acts 13, 22. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything, say everything, I want him to do. Are we willing to say yes to the everything that God has? Saul disqualified himself because he wanted to do it his own way. But God is saying, if you're willing to do it my way, I'll empower you for what is before you. Imagine, church, what God could do through us if we were willing to have an open yes with him. Imagine what he could do in your family, in your business. Imagine empty nester, what he could do. Imagine grandparent, what he could do. Imagine young adult or student, student, what he could do through you, what he wants to do and what he needs to do for the assignment that is ahead of you. There's something miraculous that God wants to do in your life and through your life if we're just willing to say yes to him, if we're willing to just align our heart with him. I wanna say yes to the everything that God has for me. I wanna share with you the second step to be ready for God's, Next assignment is number two, to be faithful in your current assignment. Often what happens in life is we're ready for what's new and what's next. We're ready to step into that. But we fail to realize what we have right in front of us. God's inviting us to be faithful with the assignment that he's put before us. I wanna challenge you to grow where you're planted. Grow and mature where you're planted because your preparation in this season will prepare you for the next thing that is ahead of you. And this is exactly what David did in his life. He was willing to be faithful with the assignment that got put before him. Sometimes we want to step in and God's saying, hold on. We need to be faithful with, God, with what God's put before us. Look at verse 10 and 11. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, we're all where are all the other sons you have? This is what Jesse answered. They're still the youngest. He is tending the sheep. Sometimes we're ready to step into the next thing and God says, hold on, be faithful with what you have in front of you. And this is exactly what David did. He was faithful with being a shepherd. He was willing to do God's business. I'm struck by the fact that there were seven of Jesse's sons right close by. 
And David wasn't there. For you see, those sons were doing the dad's work, but David was doing God's work. Sometimes God's work will take you into a place where no one sees what you're doing. And the reason God does that is because he wants you to be close to him. He wants you to learn to be faithful to him without an audience. He wants to teach you, if you're willing to get close to me, I'll speak things to you that you need for the next assignment. David was out tending sheep. But notice what it says in this passage. This is what Jesse said. There is still the youngest. He didn't even say David's name. He said he is the youngest. What that tells me is that Jesse had overlooked his son. Have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt like you've been passed over for the promotion? God sees what other people overlook. And God has something for you. Everything that you do, even if it's in secret, even if it's in private, even if no one sees it, God sees it. And that should offer us great reassurance, church. God sees what other people overlook. The good news is, is that God didn't ask Jesse or Samuel to select the next king. He says, anoint the one that I appoint and that I choose. I'm here to tell this to someone today. Don't let unqualified people disqualify you. Don't let unqualified people disqualify you. If God has called you, he will qualify you. He will prepare you. He will give you everything you need to step in. But in order to qualify you, he must prepare you. For you see, God will prepare you privately before he promotes you publicly. He will prepare you in private for what's coming in public. David saw himself as a shepherd, but God saw him as a future king. David thought that he was only killing lions and tigers, but what he failed to realize is that he was being set up to be a giant killer. He thought that he was just writing songs when God was actually preparing him to write songs that would bless billions of people over 3,000 years. Imagine what God could do through you if you're willing to accept the assignment, if you're willing to say yes, church, this should be something that excites you. It excites me. I'm saying, God, I'm ready to step into whatever you have for me. I'm willing to be faithful in the assignment that you put before me, but I'm ready for the next thing that you have. I'm willing to be faithful. Don't despise the days of small beginnings because today God is declaring, it's your turn. It's your turn. The third step to be ready for God's next assignment is to stand ready while you wait. Stand ready while you wait. I was thinking, what do we do when we wait? What do we do when we wait in the grocery line or at the stoplight or we wait for that email report to come in? If you're like many of us, what we do is we get on our phones and we disconnect and we distract, but God's inviting us to do different because what we do while we wait matters and it matters a whole lot to God. Have you ever noticed that there's a distracted driver at the stoplight in front of you and the light turns green and you have to motivate them with the horn? Sometimes God has to motivate us because we're not ready. I've discovered that if we're ready and willing, we will most definitely be able because God is able. What we do while we wait matters. If you're ready and willing, God is able. Look at what verses 11 and 12 say. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. 
So Jesse sent for him and had him brought in. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. I want you to say this with me. I am the one. Say it again. I am the one. You are the one for the assignment that God has put before you. And he's saying, if you'll just lead, let me lead you. I'll lead you into the assignment that I have for you because you are the one. What's interesting to me about this passage is the fact that Samuel, he tells everybody, I want you to stand up. We're gonna stand ready while we wait. But something happens between verse 11 and verse 12. Somehow, someway, Samuel sits down. Now, the most common interpretation for why Samuel sits down is because he grow tired of waiting. That's very possible. That's the natural explanation. But I wonder if there's a spiritual explanation for why Samuel sat down. I think he thought, well, the assignment is coming. I can just sit down for just a moment. But God had to tell Samuel, rise up and anoint him. This is the one. I want to challenge you today to be ready. God's going to tap you on the shoulder in a moment's notice, and it's going to be your time. And he wants you to step in immediately, not tomorrow, not next week. He wants you to prepare right now and stand ready while you wait. If you're like me, you, you probably watch the Olympics or you watch the NBA Finals, and what you notice is that anytime there are players out on the court or on the field, there are other players on the bench, but you know what they do? They cheer and they clap for their teammates but the other thing that they're doing is when they're moving around, they're actually keeping their body warm so that when it's their turn, they're ready to jump in. If a player ever goes into the game and he's cold and he's not warmed up, he's not going to perform. God is inviting us to warm up for the thing that he has for us. He's wanting us to prepare our hearts. He's wanting us to step into what he has for us. I've discovered that sitting actually takes you out of the game. Because sitting turns us into spectators, and spectators never get voted the MVP. We need to be ready. We need to step in and step up. We need to stand ready while we wait. Because those who are ready and willing will always be able because God is able. You will be able because God is able. And it's going to come at a moment's notice, at a moment that's unexpected to you, but that's planned by God. You don't know when it's coming, but God does. And he instructs us to stand ready while we wait. I want you to hear the story of one of our life group leaders. Her name is Nicole. And at a moment's notice, God tapped her on the shoulder and said, it's your turn. I want you to hear her story. Take a look. Okay, so I never thought I was going to be a life group leader. I actually joined a life group. And um, several months after I was part of the life group, uh, the life group leader, she wasn't able to continue the life group. So she says, Nicole, I've actually recommended you already to take over the life group. I was like, okay, sure, let's, let's do it. But it became probably one of the most exciting parts of my month. It was a little, it was a little uh, new for me. You know, I had led different studies before and it's not about, you know, God saying, Nicole, you're the one for this. It's about saying, hey, there's a need here. People are looking for connection and just saying, you know what, God, I'm willing to do it. So let's open the door. Let's let's get it going, you know? And, and it's not about me leading it. I don't know everything. I don't know the Bible front and back. I'm not their teacher. 
This one's gonna get me emotional. I am no one important, but I am who God has placed in those women's life. And sometimes I think, wow, he chose me for that. He chose me, this nobody. In, in, in the speck of things, I am nobody. And he chose me for them. It's not about what Nicole can give them. It's about what the Holy Spirit is going to use Nicole to do for them, you know? So, I mean, the reality is nobody is qualified. God himself is qualified. And if we allow him to use us, he qualifies us. I love what Nicole says there. The truth is none of us are qualified, but God is the one that qualifies. Imagine church, what God could do through you if you just believed that he was the one that qualifies us. I believe God is tugging on the hearts of many of us and he's saying, are you willing to step into what is next for you? Maybe for some of you, it's to get a new job. Maybe it's to become a foster parent or adopt. Maybe God is calling you to start a new business. Maybe he's inviting you to finish your degree or get your internship going. Maybe for some of you, it's to be a life group leader or to be a coach or to work with middle school students. Whatever God has put before you, I want you to say yes to it. God's inviting us to be like David and have that heart after God's will and his way and be willing to say, God, I'm willing to do everything you ask me to do. And so today as I close, I wanna invite you to stand. This is a rise up moment, church. This is a moment for us to say yes, to step up and to step into what God has for us and if we're willing to say yes, he'll provide. I've discovered that sometimes provision doesn't come until we say yes, until we're willing to cross the threshold and say, God, I don't know how you're gonna do it. I don't know when you're gonna do it. I don't know how you're gonna provide, but I trust you. And I've seen time and again that as you follow God at the appointed moment, he will provide for what you need. And so today, as I close, I wanna give you an opportunity to be anointed. This is the fourth step to be ready for God's next assignment is to get anointed for your assignment. For you see, divine assignments come with a divine anointing. If God has called you, he'll cover you. If God has called you, he'll cover you with his presence. He'll give you what you need. He'll provide his provision. Where he guides, he very much provides. He's good, he's faithful, and he wants to anoint you. I don't say this very often, but I truly mean it. I was preparing for this message, and I'll tell you what I sensed God say for you. He says, I want to anoint my people for their next assignment. I sense that in my heart. Him say, I want to anoint my people for their next assignment. If you're facing a next assignment and you feel like you're not enough, this is your moment. This is your opportunity to get anointed for the next assignment. In fact, this is what happens to David. Look at verse 13. So Samuel anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I believe God wants to anoint you for your next assignment. Whatever it is, 
He wants to anoint you to prepare you spiritually for what you're going to step into physically. And to help facilitate that, our worship team is going to be leading us in worship in just a moment. But I'm actually going to invite our prayer team to come forward. They would love to anoint you for your next assignment. I want to challenge you. If you feel like there's a next assignment that God has for you, this is your moment. I want you to step up and to step in and get anointed because your time is coming soon. Soon God is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, it's your turn. Don't delay. Step forward. We want to anoint you for the assignment that God has for you. Let's get ready. Come on, can we welcome the presence of God in this place all over the auditorium?